Day 6. The Second Story of the Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Miette. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio. Translated by J. M. Rigg. Day six, the second story. Sisti, a baker, by an apt speech gives Messer Jerry Spina to know that he has by inadvertence asked that of him which he should not. All the ladies and the men alike, having greatly commended Madonna Oretta's apt saying, the queen bade Pompinea follow suit, and thus she began. Fair ladies, I cannot myself determine whether nature or fortune be the more at fault, the one in furnishing a noble soul with a vile body, or the other in allotting a base occupation to a body endowed with a noble soul, whereof we may have seen an example among others in our fellow-citizen Sisti, whom, furnished though he was with the most lofty soul, fortune made a baker and verily i should curse nature and fortune alike did i not know that nature is most discreet and that fortune albeit the foolish imagine her blind has a thousand eyes for it is i suppose that being wise above a little they do as mortals oft-times do who, being uncertain as to their future, provide against contingencies by burying their most precious treasures in the basest places in their houses, as being the least likely to be suspected, whence, in the hour of their greatest need, they bring them forth, the base place having kept them more safe than the dainty chamber would have done. And so these two arbitresses of the world would seldom hide their most precious commodities in the obscurity of their crafts that are reputed most base, that thence being brought to light they may shine with a brighter splendour. Whereof how, in a trifling matter, Sisti, the baker, gave proof, restoring the eyes of the mind to Monsieur Jarispina, whom the story of his wife, Madonna Oretta, has brought to my recollection. I am minded to show you in a narrative which shall be of the briefest. I say then that Pope Boniface, with whom Messer Jarispina stood very high in favour and honour, having sent drivers of his courteous to Florence as ambassadors to treat of certain matters of great moment, and they being lodged in Messer Jerry's house, where he treats with them of the said affairs of the Pope, t'was for some reason or other the want of Messer Jerry, and the ambassadors of the Pope to pass almost every morning by Santa Maria Ughi, where Sisti the baker had his bake-house, and plied his craft in person. 
now, albeit fortune had allotted him a very humble occupation, she had nevertheless prospered him therein to such a degree that he was grown most wealthy, and without ever aspiring to change it for another, lived in most magnificent style, having among his other good things a cellar of the best wines, white and red, that were to be found in Florence or the country parts. And marking Messer Jerry and the ambassadors of the Pope pass every morning by his door, he bethought him that, as twas very hot, twould be a very courteous thing to give them to drink of his good wine. But comparing his rank with that of Messer Jerry, he deemed it unseemly to presume to invite him, and cast about how he might lead Messer Jerry to invite himself. So, wearing always the whitest of doublets, and a spotless apron, he denoted rather the miller than the baker. He let bring every morning about the hour that he expected Mr. Jerry and the ambassadors to pass by his door, a spick-and-span bucket of fresh and cool spring water, and a small bowl in his flagon of his good white wine, and two beakers that shone like silver, so Right were they. And there, down he sat him, as they came by, and after hawking once or twice, fell a-drinking his wine with such gusto that would have raised a thirst in a corpse. Which Mr. Jerry, having observed on two successive mornings, said on the third, "'What is it, Sisty? Isn't it good?' Whereupon Sisty jumped up and answered, "'Aye, sir, good it is, but in what degree I might no means make you understand unless you tasted it.' Mr. Jerry, in whom either the heat of the weather or unwanted fatigue, or perchance the gusto with which he had seen Sisty drink, had bred a thirst, turned to the ambassadors, and said with a smile, "'Gentlemen, t'were well to test the quality of this worthy man's wine. It may be such that we shall not repent us.' And so, in a body, they came up to see where Sisty stood, who, having caused a goodly bench to the beakers, said, "'Stand back, comrades, and leave this office to me.' "'for I know as well how to serve wine as to bake bread, "'and expect not to taste a drop yourselves.' "'Which said he washed four fine new beakers with his own hands, "'and, having sent for a small flagon of his good wine, "'he heedfully filled the beakers and presented them to Mr. Jerry "'and his companions, who deemed the wine the best that they had drunk for a good while. So, Messer Jerry, having praised the wine not a little, came there to drink every morning with the ambassadors as long as they tarried with him. Now, when the ambassadors had received their conge and were about to depart, Messer Jerry gave a grand banquet, 
to which he bade some of the most honourable of the citizens, and also Sisti, who could by no means be induced to come. However, Mr. Jerry bade one of his servants go fetch a flask of Sisti's wine, and serve half a beaker thereof to each guest at the first course. The servant, somewhat offended, perhaps, that he had not been suffered to taste any of the wine, took with him a large flask, which Sisti no sooner saw than, "'Son,' quoth he, "'Missy Jerry does not send thee to me.' And often as the servant affirmed that he did, he could get no other answer, wherewith he was fain at last to return to Mr. Jerry. "'Go, get thee back,' said Mr. Jerry, "'and tell him that I do send thee to him, "'and if he answers thee so again, "'ask him to whom I send thee.' "'So the servant came back and said, "'Sisty, Mr. Jerry does for sure send me to thee.' "'Son,' answered Sisty, "'Mr. Jerry does.' "'For sure not send thee to me.' "'To whom, then?' said the servant. "'Does he send me?' "'To Arno,' returned Sisti. "'Which being reported by the servant to Mr. Jerry, "'the eyes of his mind were straightway opened, and... "'Let me see.' quoth he to the servant, "'What flask it is thou takest there?' And when he had seen it, "'Sisty says sooth,' he added, and having sharply chidden him, he caused him take with him a suitable flask, which when Sisty saw, "'Now no I,' quoth he, that tis indeed Mr. Jerry that sends thee to me, and blithely filled it. And having replenished the rundlet that same day with wine of the same quality, he had it carried with due care to Mr. Jerry's house, and followed after himself. Where finding Mr. Jerry, he said, I would not have you think, sir, that I was appalled by the great flask your servant brought me this morning. Was but that I thought you had forgotten that which by my little beakers I gave you to understand, when you were with me of late, to wit, that this is no table wine, and so wished this morning to refresh your memory. Now, however, being minded to keep the wine no longer— I have sent you all I have of it to be henceforth entirely at your disposal. Mr. Jerry set great store by Sisty's gift, and thanked him accordingly, and ever made much of him, and entreated him as his friend. End of Day 6 The Second Story Recording by Miet of Miet's Bedtime Story Podcast.